0: Welcome to the Master Slave Lifestyle Podcast. Here we'll interview real people living the real Master Slave Lifestyle, all
1: consensual and all in different ways. And in this episode, when your history is that, and then you are actually being submissive sexually to someone and providing a service to someone, particularly if they are a person that is not of colour that can really play with your mind about how you feel about yourself how you look about yourself this
0: is masterslavelifestyle.com hello everyone so today i want to welcome boy david um, david's been a submissive for eight years and he's also the vice president of the international leather association david
1: welcome hello how are you doing today very good thank you how are you I'm good. I'm good. It's been a very busy Saturday, so I am I'm very happy to be here. So would you like to introduce yourself first? Yeah. Um, so my name is David. My scene name is Boy David. Sometimes I go by Boy Chet, uh, depending on who I talk to. Um, but uh, I probably I've been in the scene for about at least since I would say about 2014, 2013, somewhere in between there. Um you know, my journey into leather is probably something that's um, unique, but at the same time, it's something that I think a lot of people go through, um, particularly being a person of color um, and identifies as Black, African-American. Um, you know, it's, it's been uh, a journey of mine, um, particularly one of, of identity and finding out who I am and who I want to be. But going back into just introducing myself, uh, you know, I I uh, was—I lived all over the world. Um, Actually, was born overseas in Europe, um, and then lived in Texas, Maryland, North Carolina, Georgia. So I saw a lot of diversity. Um, And then I came to Georgia, and my parents retired here in Georgia, which means I retired in Georgia. Um, so I've been here for, uh, at least since about 2002 off and on.
0: So thank you for that. So what I'd like to do is go through your journey step by step. So the first thing I'd like to kind of ask is, so how did you first figure out that you were a submissive?
1: Um, you, you kind of put the pieces together, you know, um, you start to look at, Different things, particularly, I would say, in my case, since I'm an older millennial, um, like movies. um, uh, I remember one of my early memories was watching Police Academy, and there's a scene where the police somehow get up to this gay bar. There's a leather bar, and it's called the Blue Oyster. And I remember looking at that being like, oh, that place is kind of cool. There have been also other uh, things where um, just within you know, growing up gay, you start looking at Tom of Finland, you start looking at different sorts of artwork. Um, once again, another notable scene is, uh, at least with me, is with, um, uh, what's that movie? Pulp Fiction. Um, oh, yeah. scene with the gimp. And I was like, that dude looks like he's having fun. That's kind <laughs> of not, not necessarily what happens to Ving Rhames in the movie, because I think that's egregious, but just the guy when he was kept in a, in a trunk, and they bring out the trunk, and it sounds like uh, the the gimp. It just comes out. I thought that was kind of hot. Um, I mean, there's other things that you you just go through as a, a, a just through your journey. You start. I would say most of it has been artwork, um, and then when you actually start to you know have sexual activity, and you start to actually you know um, want to you know do things sexually, you you start to figure out that things don't work. Like you feel weird being on the top end or or you liked when someone was aggressive or you liked when someone was verbal. I think one of the really big times that I kind of realized something was different is, um, remember back in the day before Grindr and Scarf and all those other places there were like chat and phone lines? Well, um, there was a guy uh, that I had uh, met just on the phone, but he was very verbal, very aggressive. He was telling me to do things. And to this day, it is one of the best orgasms I have ever had in my whole entire (laughs) life. Like I remember it. So, um, you know, you start to put these things together and then you really want to kind of have that sort of experience. So the way that I've always described my experience of coming into my submissiveness is like you put your toe in the water and then you're like, no, I don't like it. And then you put your foot in the water and it's like, no, I don't like it. And then you put your ankle and then you just kind of go back and forth, back and forth. And I think one day, um, when I came out a third time to my parents that's a whole nother story I was like you know what I'm just going to jump in so I jumped in and I never looked back and that's kind of where I came into my submissiveness
0: so like a lot of people it sounds like you had a number of coming outs as well so did you have let's say a coming out for being gay but also a coming out for being a submissive
1: Yes, um, so I came out to my parents three times. Um, I won't go into the thesis of that, but that was uh, three times. Um, and then I would probably say there was a, a official coming out. I think a, I won't say it was official, as it was like the big coming out to my parents, because I've already kind of dabbled in and out again within to this leather world. You know, talking to people who are dominant and other people who are submissive. You know, slowly buying leather over a period of time. Um, I think people kind of already knew. I think if there's anything, it's when I become Mr. Atlanta Eagle 2019. That was the official, like he's in it to win it. Um, he's he's fully embracing this. Um, and I think that was probably my official coming out um, into in leather, even though I had already been in it for like, <laughs> you know, a, a couple of years. And that's an amazing coming out. Yeah, it is. Very well
0: done. Um, so, so kind of going back a bit, so I, I can imagine that you had these feelings. So from seeing, let's say the GIMP or these other kind of thoughts and feelings, did you have an additional struggle with these, um, because you're a person of color or, um, a black man, which do you prefer me to call you by
1: in the way, um, in my. I don't. I don't really care if it's African American, person of color, or black. Um, so you don't have okay. to worry about that. Um, but I, you know, it was a difficult struggle. Um, you know, like I said, America has a lot of history with real actual slavery over two hundred years with it, particularly with people of color, black African Americans um, that were taken from Africa to America, um, and so there is a lot of history that goes into that. Um, And when your history is that, and then you are actually being submissive sexually to someone and providing a service to someone, and particularly if they are a person that is not of color, that can really play with your mind about how you feel about yourself, how you look about yourself. Um, You start to feel as if, you know, there might be a certain issue with you. Um, And I'm not saying that there isn't an issue, which is another thing that we can get into. Um, but you really start to contemplate is there something wrong with me that's added on to this already other thing of like, oh you like to be flogged, Oh, you like to be whipped, oh, you like to be spanked, do you like to be doing stuff forcibly? Um, all these things uh, that are um, done to your body. So it can be um, a little bit I think I don't want to use the word traumatic, but it can you can you contemplate a lot about who you are. Um, is this right? Um, how do people look at you? You know, there's a lot of, as being a black man, there's this sort of bravado that you're supposed to have, this sort of sort of swag that you're supposed to have as a black man. And once again, particularly being in the South, um, and if you, you don't have it, or if you are not that, have that sort of swagger, you can kind of, once again, contemplate about who you are. And if there's hasn't been any sort of representation before, it can get and you don't see it, you can look once at yourself as as shameful, as bad, um, and as someone who is traumatized by something when it's not necessarily the case. Um, so I think it's a little different for people of not of color because they don't necessarily have the history that comes along once again being in the south <laughs> and being a person of color um so yeah
0: and, i mean would you be happy to share some of those thoughts and feelings and the reason why i ask is i wonder if there's other people who are in a similar position to you like a few years ago now you know and i, I wonder if and you could share a bit more you, you could help them
1: Oh, um, you know, uh, this may not necessarily be a popular opinion, but I would definitely say, you know, get therapy. Um, therapy has helped a lot. And there, I, when you did that
0: therapy, did you have it with a person of color or was it with a white person? You so,
1: know, yeah, I, I researched this person. So my therapist was uh, uh, sexually open um, well, I don't want to say sexually open. Um, what's the word I want to use? Sex positive, was sex positive, um, was gay, um, knows about a whole bunch of gay issues, um, uh, knew a lot about, uh, uh, like the BDSM community. So it wasn't necessarily a person of color that I was looking for. It was more of a person who would be able to, help me along this journey that I already had the experience now if it was a person of color that already had that then that would have been a plus but it was not necessarily something that i was i was looking at um and when you know my my therapist is, is great and so it, i i would say like just once again look at therapy simply for the fact that and in least to the fact that not with me but there are people who do engage in in activity that is not necessarily helpful for them. And it actually could be harmful depending on who you are. It is very, I want to be very clear. It is a very, very nuanced situation, right? What is right for me not necessarily be right for someone else, right? And we're talking about some stuff, at least within American wise, in, in American standards, it's not considered legal. So I always preface this by saying this, that your situation of who you are is different and that you need to get that help from a therapist in order to figure out if it's the right thing for you to do at the same time. I'd have, have people who do feel shameful about being black or being a person of color and then they engage in this activity because of that. And I'm not saying that, you know, BDSM is bad because I don't believe that whatsoever. All I'm saying is that such situations are very, very nuanced. And that it this these particular actions and these particular thoughts pertain to you and you only, and I cannot tell you if you're right or wrong. Only you can tell if you're right or wrong based on your experience and your nuances and the nuances within yourself. So, um, I would say get a therapist. Uh, the other thing I would say is find people you trust. Really, really go through the paces. Interview people. Um, talk to other submissives that are, um, that are going through there. They don't necessarily have to be a person of color. Um, but I I would say, you know, talk to people, really search that out, find out what people are, are doing, um, if they're safe. And once again, just like it is on your side, on the other side, they could be engaging in these sort of activities because they feel certain ways about you and themselves, Right. Um, and so I would just say, don't be scared, but be cautious, you know, just be cautious and, and, and realize that those things are different. I think that's what makes difference between a black submissive and a, a, a non, a, a non person of color submissive is that they don't necessarily have to think about these things that are, are coming about. They don't have the detriment, um, as they do with a person that uh, with with, uh, a non person of color, um. So, yeah, I I would say find people that you trust. And then I would say at the end of the day, like, really find out what you want to do. Like, if you're into medical play, like, really find someone who's into medical play as well. Um, One of the best stories I've ever had as a submissive is I was at um, Southeast Black and Blue here in Atlanta. And there was a guy teaching sounding. He was like, does anybody want to get sounded? And I said, if there's anybody that should sound me for the first time. It's this person that has been doing it for 15 years. And I said, you know what? There's like 50 people in the room, but you know what, fuck it, I'll get sounded. And I think that was the thing, like you, you have to find people who are, are there, um, who know what they're doing and um, and do the research and, and make sure that you're, you're in a safe environment. I, re- I really do think that that's really important.
0: Thank you. I mean, one of the big, no, I actually I want to say two two things. So um, the one is that, you know, I would also recommend a therapy. I've done it on and off for years. And at the moment, I'm kind of been doing therapy for four years after I broke up with my master. You know, mm-hmm. and it's been an ama- amazing journey of growth. And actually when I finish with him, I think I'm going to pick up doing some Jungian therapy as I think it's going to help me with my next thing. <laughs> Mm -hmm. so um I would also say that therapy is very good and you know it is something I would recommend when people feel that it would be helpful to them Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Mm -hmm. but I I think going back to to your story um one of the things that I I really get this feeling of is kind of going on a path to find your true authentic self and power Mm -hmm. that is what kind of came up for me. Mm-hmm. And I, I was wondering whether you could share some of those kind of steps on this path to power, on this yeah. path to your authentic self.
1: Yeah. Um, I, you know Once again, I think it's really finding out the things that you like and the things that you don't like, first of all, right? I do think porn has been tremendously helpful You know, it's a visual aspect. You like to see it. I think that's helped a lot. And then I also think about like, um, well, if you're looking for my individual steps, you know, I think the first thing is, is once again, finding out what you like, what you don't like, Um, and then finding someone that you trust. And then particularly for me, within my uh, particular uh, circumstance, you know, I started buying leather clothes, like the vest was my first one. Um, I started buying boots. I started going to small, I I won't say events, but gatherings. Um, There used to be a leather club here in Atlanta called the Panther. So I would go there. I would also go to Onyx Night, certain places like that, talking to people, trying to figure out who amongst in the leather community um, to talk to, going to certain events, having conversations with people in leather or who at least dabbled in leather. Um, and then, you know, as any other millennial, um, I went to the apps. You know, um, Recon is um, Recon is um, uh, a popular app that I've been on for years. Um, Scruff has also been there as well. And then, you know, I, I stepped it up. I started going to bigger events. I started going to IML. Um, I started going to MAL. Um, I went to Southeast Black and Blue, which is a small local event here in Atlanta. Um, I went to Southeast Leather Fest. So places like that where it's like I slowly started once again, putting more parts of my body into the pool so that way I can get used to it and acclimate it to it. Because I will tell you, like, when I went to Southeast Black and Blue for the first time, it really freaked me out because there were people getting whipped, there were people who were using rope in a particular way, and it freaked me out. And if I were to go to someplace bigger, like let's just say M.A.L. or I.M.L. or Folsom or something like that, I think I wouldn't I wouldn't have had the best experience that I can have because it would have been so overwhelming for me and, and daunting that I probably would have taken more years off in the leather community or in my growth because it would have just been so overwhelming. So, um, for me, it was just once again this like taking those small baby steps to actually becoming to my full fledged self. Um, and that's the, my, been my personal journey for me.
0: And how about, let's say your pathway to a submissive. So you, you, you must've had, let's say issues about, well, is this right for me? What's, what's going on because of what she said about the historical kind of, um, context. So what were some of the things that made you go? No, this, this is my natural self and this yeah. is okay.
1: Yeah. So I personally, you know, once again, a lot of it came through porn or or back in the day magazines, you know, when we actually had to go buy a magazine, um, you know, it came a lot through that. Um, And then the representation that I saw, at least with black men within the porn community was top and aggressive. So I tried doing that. And then as I did it, it just felt so awkward. It, I felt like a, A fish out of water. Um, It it just, it just felt awkward. And then, once again, looking at all the videos and all I liked and how I and what I identified with, you know, I start to see more of the submissive side of wanting to do these things and visually getting turned on by someone servicing someone or someone being the bottom. Um, And then I think what really turned me on was uh, a, a person. Uh, that I had sex with and they were aggressive, they were dominant, they were older. And I remember being in that moment and being like, this is how I want to have sex. Like I remember like being pushed up against the wall. I remember being spanked and being like, how can I, how come I cannot have sex like this all the freaking time? Like how, how come I cannot have that? Um, And then once again, stepping it up, going into recon again and then finding people who have like high cow or who are, are, uh, consider themselves dominant and reaching out to them, playing with them and really saying like, oh yeah, like this is what I want. Like, this is what I want to experience. This is what I want to do. And so, you know, once again, it's just those baby steps that that I took in order to really come to fruition of who I am as a submissive so
0: you had these let's say empowering kind of moments and was it because they empowered you so much or or that they fulfilled you so much that you were able to say that I shouldn't be feeling shame about this and you you could let go of of I'm I'm using I'm using the word shame but that Uh might not be the right word you Uh you know letting go of the things that were holding you
1: back right I I I will say this it's I, with the word shame, it's, the, you you still feel some sort of doubt. I won't say shame, but there's definitely doubt there of, you know, should I be doing this? Should I be having sex this way? Um, but, you know, having, having these sorts of uh, activities and this sort of play... Um, it it really kind of embraced me like where my mind was like blown, like, Oh, you can have sex this way. Oh, you can do this. Right. And it's, it, it, it's, I don't want it to seem like it was like one big moment where it's like, okay, I'm a submissive now because I think even now, sometimes as I am Mr. Atlanta Eagle, that they're still kind of like, oh, I don't know. But, I do think that there are those moments in my life where it's like yes this is what I want like yes I don't mind like not having standing privileges or uh, furniture privileges or I need to be in a certain protocol like I don't mind those at all um, for me it's 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 always an ever like a, it's a journey that you're always kind of finding these things um, about about yourself and and really pushing the limits, but at the same time, respecting them within yourself in in order to find out like what your true authentic self is. Um, so what I'm hearing
0: here is that there's a lot of experimentation and reflection, Yeah,
1: but really listening to all of your parts. Yeah, exactly. 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 Um, I, I will give you an example. Um, you know, I think a lot of times when people think about submissive. They also think about um, maybe someone who has, um, how do I say this? What's the PC word of it? Um, way to say this. Um, I would say that we'll like to have multiple partners in a night. Um, and I tried, I can't do it. Like I, I cannot do it. And it's just one of those things where um, the thought of it is great, but my body will physically not allow me to do it. And I and i haven't decided why that is just yet i just know my body will, won't do it um, and so for me i think it's it's always an, a journey once again it's it's that journey again where you you're trying to figure out those like what type kind of submissive you are in, in i guess in a way to to yourself you, you're you're always constantly you're always constantly thinking and 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 contemplating. I think that's a little bit, I'm always constantly thinking and contemplating about who I am as a submissive. Um, but yeah, that's, that's the best example I can kind of give you. And, and if I actually ask you that question now, (laughs) um, how would you respond to it? Who are you? Oh, um, if I were to say it now, I would say I'm an uncolored black submissive, looking for a dominant um, to serve um, and looking for training and discipline. That's probably who I would say I I would, I am. Um, Yeah. And who do you want to become? I would love to become, oh, that's such a good question because I feel like there's so many layers to that. If we're just talking about leather, I mean, I would love to become a person, an ambassador to leather for individuals outside of the community. I always found that very intriguing, talking about people's experiences, um, particularly when I'm wearing this vest, um, people will start to ask me questions, straight people, of course. Um, and there's a lot of... I don't know. I've always had the... I've always had the the talent of making people feel comfortable in conversations and them talking about certain things that they wouldn't necessarily talk about with anybody. I think that's just part of me being a military brat and being around different diverse groups where I can pick up on things. Um, and so when I'm talking about things, and people are asking me, like, how do I get my boyfriend to choke me? Or, you know, I want my boyfriend to spank me harder, but he's scared. Like those sort of things. I, I find that very intriguing. Um, and I do see myself as being an ambassador. I do also see myself uh, being a very strong submissive to and providing a service and being a partner to whoever I am going to be um, with for a long term period. Um, so I do see that um, within myself and becoming that person. Thank you. The, the, the,
0: other word that came to my mind as, as you were speaking was someone that enables other people
1: mm-hmm.
0: to kind of explore different parts of their sexuality or to also yeah.
1: find their authentic self yeah. as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I, I will tell you this vest that I'm currently wearing right now, Mr. Mr. Atlanta Eagle vest. You know, people ask me about it and then they start to ask me questions about, <laughs> you know, like uh, medical play, uh, which I'm not really into, but they start asking me about that. They ask me about sounding, choking. Um, they start asking me about spanking, flogging. And I'm just like, lady, I don't know you. Like, like, <laughs> like I don't know you, but you're, you're, you're asking me these questions and I'm more than welcome to go in there. But like, you don't know me from Adam. So, you know, um uh, I, I, um, I, I, it's it's one of those things that I think if we were to talk about more and to realize that a lot more people do these sorts of um, activities, uh, I think it would become less taboo, and then we wouldn't necessarily have to worry about <sighs> injury, abuse, and violence um, that unfortunately sometimes comes along with this. Um, so yeah.
0: Hello everyone, this is Slave Phil here. I wanted to get in touch to let you know that we're launching a new Master Slave Lifestyle community, and this is where people can come together to discuss the 24-7 lifestyle. This includes people who are curious about 24-7, those looking for a 24-7 relationship, and those who are already in a 24-7 relationship and want a supportive community to and um, be there for them. This community is going to be there for all of you. You'll be able to access this through a new membership tier on the Patch on Membership. And this is going to be on special offer throughout December and January for only two euros. So please go to masterslavelifestyle.com slash community or check out the show notes to find out more information. Now back to boy David. I suppose that links back to the boundaries which you we were talking about before mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. Know what your boundaries are or have stronger boundaries that are closer to you until you know what it is you really want.
1: Yeah, exactly. You know, and that kind of touches a little bit more about, and I know a lot of people have questions about this, so I'll I'll go ahead and answer. Uh, I could go in that direction, but you know, especially being a black submissive, people always ask me about the race play issue about, you know, that sort of activity that comes along, um, as being a person of color within the BDSM community. And, you know, I, I think for me, when it comes to boundaries, you really have to figure out exactly what you want, right? I I ran this by my therapist, and I remember him saying, you know, I remember asking him, where is the line? Like, where's the line for me? as a person dabbling well, in BDSM, having these sorts of activities and playing with a person that's not of color? like Where is the line of that? And what I've really discovered is that, once again, it's, it's nuanced, right? There are certain things and certain actions that I will not participate in, but someone else might go a little bit further than that with their giving consent, right? And there's nothing I can do about that because that's two people in consent doing the things that they want to do that they have agreed upon. And I think for me, once again, finding out those exact things that I I like and what I'm looking for um, and consenting to those, that is is just for me. You know, when it comes down for race play, you know, it's such a – it's such a loaded, it's such a loaded topic because I think about seeing you. You can see it, you can see it on my face. I think about this constantly, right? If you're having two people who are engaging in that sort of play, and I'm talking not the "I'm black, you're white" sort of play, I'm talking the actual derogatory <laughs> names and that sort of thing. Those are two people who have consented and agreed to that, but at the same time. I'm also thinking in my head, if I consented and agreed to that, or if you sent it and continued to that, is this something that you're doing because that you want to do it? Or is this something that you're doing because you're experiencing some sort of, maybe had, I don't know you had an event or or trauma or you feel bad about yourself in this particular way. So you're expressing this in this sort of way, which I don't necessarily feel is the healthiest because it comes from a place of shame. It comes from a place of doubt. It comes from a place of fear. So I don't necessarily think that's the healthiest thing for you to engage in that activity. Um, But sometimes it's not even that. Sometimes what it is, is that, oh, this will make my mom upset. So I'm just going to engage in this. <laughs> or nobody knows that I'm going into, I'm, I'm going to do this. So it turns me on because I'm in this way. I will tell you, and uh, I'm probably going to get in trouble for this. I know there are certain people who are civil rights fighters that engage in this sort of activity. So for me, it's like, where is that constant balance but i think it's very very nuanced you just can't say that you have this particular issue just because you engage in this particular activity it could just be like oh um you know i'm doing this and no one knows about it right it can just be something that is just taboo and it's because it's taboo it turns you on it doesn't necessarily mean that it's bad or that you're coming from a place of trauma or anything but at the same time you could but you have to figure that out for yourself and so that's the whole thing that like always goes in my head as a submissive particularly with, like, on my journey, it's like if I'm engaging with someone who is not a, who's not of color, am I doing this because I feel bad about myself? That's kind of something that's a reoccurring thing throughout my whole submissiveness. I won't say now, but definitely within the beginning. And so, you know, there's this whole thing about that 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 comes along with that. And I think it's a leather, layered topic. You know, I could write a whole college thesis on it. Um, but at the same time, you know, at the end of the day, it's two people consenting to a particular activity and agreeing to it. And it's within those two people. So there's really nothing that you can do at the end of the day because they are consenting and agreeing to it.
0: Yeah, it's it's been because I, I do sometimes have people ask me about this through the website as well. And I haven't really been able to help them because it's like I can't answer this. <laughs> You know, I don't know enough. So thank you for kind of giving some of this because I think this does allow people, be it um kind of black or white or another kind of my minority group, to kind of hear this and understand how they might want to engage with it if this is a fetish of theirs.
1: Right. And and yeah, I mean I know if you just want to flip it in the reverse, like have a dominant uh dominant black man and a submissive white man. I know that there's some people who, I know some, there's some submissives that love being submissive to black men because they feel the guilt that comes along with everything that's been within American history. And so they want to express it in that particular way. But at the same time, is it like, is that healthy? Is, is that not healthy? But that depends on you, particularly within that individual. You know what I mean? Because your experiences are something that's completely different. And even though it's, I don't feel like it's on the same level, it is, kind of parallel to that right um uh but yeah it, it can it can be very um conflicting within your head about like all these thoughts and feelings that are in, in your head and you always go back and forth not now once again not now but definitely in the beginning of when i was coming into this journey it, it
0: also reminds me of something else so i actually had an australian slave um he emailed me recently and we had a nice con-, con conversation about it through email. And it was, um, the word faggot mm-hmm. and because he'd read on my website, how I really dislike this word, mm-hmm. you know, and yet he loved it, but his master struggles to use it, mm-hmm. you yeah. know? So we were then exploring it. And one of the things I suddenly realized it's like, I think it depends on how it's received, Mm-hmm. because humiliation can be a way that brings out and empowers the slave or submissive self. Mm-hmm. But the important word is it empowers. Mm-hmm. And if a word or a term, and I'll, I'll use the word faggot, um, kind of makes you feel bad, and it really makes me feel bad, mm-hmm. then it doesn't empower you, you close up. Right. You know, right? but for, but for some people... A term can just be the key that unlocks this amazing submission that comes out. But for others, it can have a lot of cruelty and a lot of mm-hmm. stuff associated with it. So mm-hmm. I think the two people need to figure that out and then kind of go, does this
1: work? Because yeah. you're trying to empower each other. Right. Yeah, I, I agree with that I, had, the, uh, I was, had a potential master that I was going to be in service of. And um, he, I don't mind the word faggot um, in that particular context. I will say in the BDSM context, um, but he had an issue with it because he is of an older generation. He's, I think, he's a boomer, and so when I asked him if it was okay to use the word, he was like, no, I don't feel comfortable using the word because that his generation has a whole different experience with the the word. Um, so, you know, I mean, I have a shirt that says faggot on it. So uh, I, I, I don't have a problem with that. Uh, but once again, it's, it's nuanced. It's every, like it,
0: I think it shows how different we can all be with with how we can unlock ourselves. Yes, exactly. You know? and, and, and it means that we need to allow the right term to be used with the right person, but also to understand that it might not be the term for us. You know, right. and, and for me, I think because I was bullied so much at school, especially using that <laughs> word, it doesn't work. Whereas yeah. I, I can see and I've seen it used with other people and it has this amazing effect on them. Right. you know so so It. it you know it, there is this kind of like as you said i think it's exploring through let's say the fetish or the um, desire and then having a mutually a mutual consent with both people that works for them
1: right you know and yeah. um, mm-hmm. it it it's really one of those things and I, this is something i learned on my journey that every person is different everybody is different um and you your expectations of of one person based on your experiences in the past, you cannot. You have to hold it as yourself, but you cannot put that on the other person because they are a totally different person with totally different experiences. They may want something else. They may want more of a boyfriend experience with a little bit of mix of BDSM. Or someone might might want the total, you know, domination feel in between the two. Um, so it just kind of depends on who you are.
0: I mean, coming back to you because you mentioned being collared. So, have you been collared before? And what what does
1: that mean for you? Yeah. Um, so, a collaring is very, very serious to me. What I'm starting to realize, um, I, I what I'm coming to realize is the next person I'm will be collared to will most likely be the person that I will marry in the traditional sense. We'll put it in. We'll put it that way. Um, I So my first collaring was, I'll be honest with you, I don't think it was a real collaring. Um, I think they ended up doing it for me because they knew I liked this sort of play and they went along with it. And then the more that we started to get into it, the more I realized like, oh, the dynamic is actually backwards. Like I may be receiving bottomly. I may be the bottom receiving, but the dynamic is actually Backwards, and it's this more relying on me than I am servicing or relying on him to lead the way. So um that was a new experience. And then the other uh, coloring I had was um, actually right before the pandemic started. And then I realized within that that I'm very, at that at least at that moment, I was very eager to. Get that collar on my neck. And then, what I started to realize I was like, oh, this may not necessarily be the best choice for me. And I say that simply for the fact because when I'm in, I'm in. There's no holding back, there's no hesitation. Like, I'm in, I'm in. When I feel it and I know it, like, there's no going back for me. So, in some ways, I won't say the pandemic was a blessing, but it did halt some stuff to where it was like, oh, this may not necessarily be the best thing for me and for you at the same time. Uh, And I mean you as the dominant at the same time. Um, So that was, because we were getting ready to have a a ceremony and everything. We had made a list. We were inviting people on a certain day to have this cholerae. And then certain instances, uh, certain things and events happened leading up to that where it was like, oh, this may not necessarily be the best thing for both of us. Um, so that was um, at least the last formal attempt at a collar. Um, so yeah, that, that those are my two instances of being collared and almost being collared.
0: And what was your learning from, let's say, the, those two that you could share with, with other potential new people? <laughs>
1: Who are excited um, about being colored. I I don't do wishy washy and I, I can't do insecurity. I, I, I can't I can't do it. Um I, I come from a family where my parents have been married for almost forty years now. Um and they it's a very strong bond in a unit because of trust and lack of insecurity. So for me, I need to have someone who's assertive and knows what they want and tells me what they want. I can't do wishy-washy. I can't do I, I I just I can't do it. I can't do it. And and so if you are doing things to get me, I think that's a bad sign. Like, like I wanna be with you, but I'm doing this to be with you, as in like these are not the things that I want, but I'm doing it for you. It's like it's. I don't feel like I don't say it's bad, but it, it's it's very concerning. Um, also, if you cannot talk to me as an individual, and you have to get your friend to talk to me as a dominant, <laughs> that yeah. especially as a dominant, oh, that's that's a that that's a that's a that's a turn off. Um, so. You know, it, it's, it's very much of a, I need to know from a partner, I need to have the assertiveness. I won't say, I won't say aggressiveness, but assertiveness. Um, and I need to not have someone who's wishy-washy. I, I can't have that. And those are not the two, respectful of the two people who I was, was um, call it to and was going to get called to. Those are just, I'm just saying, those are the things that I've, I've realized within the, that experience. I, I couldn't really relate to that because I think some mm. of my first colorings
0: were people that, in the end, I could have topped. <laughs> you know <laughs> yeah. that that I, I was suddenly very much in charge of sorting things out in the end. You know, right. and um, you know, I, I had to do a lot of reflection to to realize so I, I called it a master of a capital M. But I, I like this idea of the assertiveness, or uh-huh. using the kinky of kinky circle of consent. It's also someone right. that wants to take, right. you know, things which I have consented to, things that I have allowed. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. they do have this thing that they want to take as well, you know. Yeah. And that is what makes it partly the master,
1: yeah, S- yeah. slave
0: for me, master slave relationship, you know.
1: Yeah, I, I will, I will, I will tell you now. We're bringing it back. I remember this experience. I was, it was New Year's Eve. I don't remember. I think it was like 2015, 2016. And there was another guy that I had met, and I kind of find him a little bit attractive. And we started talking and all this other stuff. And he looks at me and he goes, You know what? I'm going to take you out to dinner, be at this restaurant at this particular place and wear something nice. I said, Whoa. Like, (laughs) to me, like, that was so, like, sexy like his attractiveness went through the roof because he did that and he said that and so like then that was kind of one of the things that once again it was like i need someone that's like that like i need someone who's like this is what i want this is what i want to do and then i can decide if and the way that i describe it is i can decide if i want to get on the train or not right like i can decide if if this is for me or not um and so i think that's something that's very very attractive when it's like no this is what's going to happen and and yeah like that that's that's just a story that i was like telling people about my journey <laughs> it's a lovely example of almost true power you know mm-hmm. that there are
0: people that think to be powerful you need to make someone small you know but but often power is just saying i want this mm-hmm. and then the yeah. other person allowing it
1: you yeah. know and mm-hmm. No, I, I totally agree. Like I, it's, it's very, it was just one of those things like, oh, I was not expecting that. And like, when I tell you like his attractiveness went through the roof, um, it was just like, oh, okay. 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 Yeah.
0: Okay. So, with um, um, you, you define yourself as a submissive. And for instance, I define myself as a slave. Mm-hmm. And I've, I've become very aware that we can put these titles on each other mm. and then actually mean the same thing. Mm-hmm. And what I'd be really interested to hear is what does a submissive mean to you and why yeah. did you choose that title?
1: So, submissive to me, um, submissive to me. Is anything that is not dominant. So, for in my in my head, there's dominant and submissive, and I'm not saying that there's people who are in the gray area that can switch or not. But for me, like I don't feel like if someone were to ask me to top or someone were to ask me to act a particular way as in a dominant way, it would be very very hard for me. It would be like an actor, like acting in a particular role. Like it would not seem natural to me. And then also, my, my submissiveness, depending on who I'm with, fluctuates. So, there have been times where I am a boy, where I am submissive in the way, but I will put my two cents in to let you know, like, how I feel or, or, or whatnot, almost kind of like a, a cadet to a captain, right? Like, I'm saying these things, but you're still the one that makes a decision. On this, and then there are sometimes, depending on who I'm with, where I'm getting more closer to the slave type of role, where once again, no furniture privilege, no standing privilege, um, protocol and discipline is in a different particular way. Um, so depending on who I'm with, like the guy that I'm talking to right now, like the role I think he's looking for, or at least. It's starting to go that way. It's more towards slave or at least at that, like playing with the line of it. So for me, I like to say submissive because it kind of encapsulates all the roles within that because I don't definitely don't see myself as a switch. And I don't definitely don't see myself as a dominant, um, at least of right now.
0: Okay. And, and she chose the title submissive over slave because.
1: I, I, f- I feel like my, my, like, I feel like submissive encapsulates all of that. Like boy, ah, slave, okay, like boy, slave. And then, cause I kind of fluctuate depending on who I'm with. So um, I don't necessarily feel like if there was anything, I would say I'm definitely a boy for sure. But I would not say I'm to the point of slave, but I can get down there to the role. But I, in my way, like I will always kind of give my two cents. And I feel like, at least in my head, if I were to, have to take a slave role, like there's no opinion that I give that's not going to that. There's nothing that I can do. Like I, I, I would have to continually take it. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. Okay, thank okay. you. Okay. So,
0: um, what advice would you give to someone who's um, black or a person of color and has feelings of submission?
1: Hmm <sighs> I would say, even though it's hard, I would say find some sort of representation, really. Um I think that would be good it, it's it 's out there it 's small, but it 's out there and right now, I do think at least within porn like i 'm starting to see a lot more black bottoms with white tops i 'm starting to see a lot more of that back now, like five years ago, you probably wouldn't have seen it. you probably wouldn 't see like maybe one black person bottom, but like now i 'm starting to see it where it 's like it 's a thing like it 's almost a trend um so find some sort of representation. Find some sort of uh, some outlet. Um, find people that you trust again. Once again, um, read a lot. Um, I would say like find some books. Um, the Jack Spinella books have been really, really great. Oh, um, I love them. Yeah, they, they're really, really great. Um, there's someone, there's um, someone in our group by the name of Vin, uh, uh, Vince Andrews. He's um, a wisdom keeper within the uh, NLA and I um, uh, community. He wrote a book, The Complete Leather Boy Handbook. So that one's pretty good. Um, read up on the history. I think those are really, really good things to do. I wouldn't necessarily find a website. I don't. I will say right now, I don't really have a website that I can say, like, you need to go here. Because um, I feel like with the history, of, given with the leather community, like, there's so much about what is right and what is wrong, what should happen, what should not happen. I think those things right now, at least in the leather community, it's about what you particularly want from your experience. It's not necessarily what is the right thing to do, Right. Um, it's more about this is who I am, this is what I like, and I'm going to go in this direction rather than, like, these are the protocols and procedures of the whole entire group, right? As in the leather community as a whole, not in a particular group, but just as in a whole, right? So um, I would say, you know, start reading. Start reading. Um, find representation. Find a group. Onyx is really, really good with these things. Um, Just in case you don't know, they are the... Uh, uh, black Leathermen group. Um, they're really, really, um, awesome with that. Um, and then you can always contact me. <laughs> so I'm a, I'm a really good, uh, tool and experience and I'll try to help you in the best that you can. And once again, you know, uh, therapy, therapy helps, therapy helps. And sometimes you just got to bitch and complain to somebody. And if you have to pay them $150, just to bitch and complain and for them to go, mm-hmm, then, you know, it, it, it it helps believe me it helps it helps
0: and and if i come back to finding representation so is this also trying to find you know other people from your ethnic minority ethnic minority so let's say a person of color on recon
1: or something as well that you can just talk to and yeah yeah My, I'm I'm really a component because I work in tech. I'm really of a component of getting off your screen and getting off your phone and really meeting up with people. I think that's how real connections are made. I think the internet has been a tool um, to help us connect with other people. Um, but I don't necessarily think it has it has helped us as in commit, making deep connections i think that we are physical beings and physical creatures that need to touch see and feel and do things and actually have those experiences for ourselves and that we cannot y- you cannot just use the computer just all the time to communicate with people and have the experiences which i think it's is it's great but i really think that the growth is really communicating with people so you know um, find people that you're able to physically meet. If, if you can't do that, I think use the computer. Don't get me wrong. You know, we're, we're talking on, um, some sort of zoom platform right now, right? Like you're in Berlin and I'm in Atlanta. So, you know, like there's, you know, there's something to it, but at the same time, I really do think that you need to meet people. Um, and it doesn't necessarily have to be sexual. It doesn't, you don't necessarily have to meet with these people and have sex with them. You can just talk to them. Um, You know, and one thing that's really helped me a lot now that I think about it is start wearing leather to places where it is not expected. So if you wanna go to the grocery store and you wanna wear leather pants and a vest, wear leather pants and a vest. Um, If you wanna wear high cow and you wanna go out to, you know, the gay trendy bar, um, go and do it. Like, really, really do it um, because I promise you there's going to be someone in that bar. It may not be everyone, but it may just be one or two people or maybe even just one. But that one person is going to look at you and go, hell yeah, I promise you that no matter where you are. Um, so, um, yeah, like, get get out. Got to experience. Got to do some things. And once again, do your research um, and, you know, find people that you, you can trust I cannot tell you that it's going to be perfect, but I can tell you that it's going to be really great at the end when you, once you find it. So we're
0: almost coming up to the end of the podcast. So these are some of the questions I normally ask most people. So um, what would you like to see in a master slave community? Or what would you like to see more in the master slave community or dominant
1: submissive community? Oh, what I would love to see is I would love to have an event and it doesn't have to be sexual but I would love to have an event where protocol and procedure are in place, where there are certain rituals that are done between the two. Um, you know, we we've talked about this at least with some people here in Atlanta about what that sort of experience like, given that we are no longer in old guard, right? We are we're we're probably past new guard. We're probably like the next guard. Um, (laughs) we're we're in the next guard and I I would love to see where you step into a room and there's protocol and procedure within place. People are doing, um, sorts of, once again, rituals where they're on their knees. People may or may not have furniture privilege, submissive and may not have furniture privilege. Um, uh, that, that is, I, I, I would love to see an event like that. I I would love to see an event. I just don't think that there's anything right now within the community that has that sort of play, and I would love to have that, that, that play be illustrated within the community. Lovely.
0: It's strange. As I've been so ill recently, I'm doing lots of research on ritual. So <laughs> yeah, <laughs> stay yeah. tuned. Perhaps that's something I can help sort. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I
1: just, I, 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 there was, real quick, there was a, there's a movie. Well, of course, it's a porn movie, but there's one that's called Code of Conduct. It's one that's called Code of Conduct. And then there's another one that's called Masters and Slaves that have that sort of ritual. And it was just like, when I first saw it, I was like, yes, like, this is it. Like, where, where where is this? Like, where is this? Like, you know, you come in, you, you get butt naked and then like your, your, your master's friend comes over and you show him respect by kissing his feet. Like where, like, where, like, where is that? Like, I don't, like, I could see it amongst the, the individuals, like in your own house, but there's not a, a particular event that I know that is like that. And even some of the bigger events, like with say, M-A-L or I-M-L, where the that is is there and 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 i don't i guess you could say honored. that sort of play and, and dynamic is honored and I, I i would love to have an event like that it doesn't necessarily have to be sexual it can just be that sort of play
0: thank you and then a final question so what makes a good master or dominant
1: and what makes a good slave or submissive I think a good master is someone that listens. And I would say someone that can be able to read a situation and understand as much as you might be in headspace that this has gone too far or able to know that they're pushed the limits at that particular moment. There used to be a a podcast I used to um, listen to a lot called No Safe Word password uh, no safe word podcast and their kind of motto was like you should not use a safe word because you should have talked so much and communicated back so much that it doesn't need to be said because you already know exactly what needs to be done and what can't be done what how to push the limits how to read that person i think at least the people that i've played with particularly one where that gone so close and I didn't say anything and I didn't give any hint but in my head I was getting ready to get to where I was like to say no more where he read me right at that moment and he knew and he he he, he brought it back cuz at the end of the day and I think his motto was like you can't play with a broken toy. Yes. So what like I, if if we go too far you most likely you're not going to come back to me. Or, you know, you're going to have an experience where you're going to go into a hole and you're not going to come back to this in a long ass time. So I think it's the the best masters are the able ones to the read the whole situation, still be in headspace, but know when it's gone too far or being able to push the boundaries just a little bit more because of the partners and the communication and the trust that they have in between each other. I think a good submissive is a person who is very eager, very knowledgeable, knows about protocol and procedure, knows its history. I think it's also not just about I think it's also not just about the sexual aspect of serving someone sexually, but I also think it's about keeping yourself up, being having I don't say a certain appearance, but being healthy, I'll put it in that sort of way, being healthy um because once again if you are sick if you as a submissive are sick and and can't take care of yourself how can you take care of someone else as a as a submissive right so um being healthy um uh being knowledgeable knowing about your history and knowing about certain other places like lighting a cigar know how to light a cigar how to cut a cigar um, I also think certain like basic knowledge about how to boot black. And I think just being knowledgeable about the leather community in general really makes um, a really good submissive um, and, and, and providing that service for your dominant. I, I really do think that makes what r- really good submissive.
0: So boy, David, mm-hmm. thank you so much for this. Um, I hope other people will find it as informative as I have. And thank
1: you for sharing so much. No problem. It's a pleasure being here. Thank you very
0: If you'd like to be interviewed by me or know someone who would, you can get in touch with me at the email contact at massaslavelifestyle.com. You can now support the podcast, website, and Mass Slave community through Patreon membership, receive benefits such as early access to the podcast, exclusive video workshops, and more, along with my thanks for supporting me. There is now a free download to help you take the next steps in the master slave lifestyle. Suitable for both beginners and those who want a full-time relationship. Check out the show notes for more information on both. And if you're interested in finding out more on the 24/7 total power exchange lifestyle, go to the website at masterslavelifestyle.com for more information. Thank you all for listening.